0: Hey everyone and welcome to episode 27 of the Audience Please podcast with me your host Adam So just before we kick off into the interview just want to remind everyone that we're putting together a fan special before the year end And we want your favourite or funny gig stories Keep them under three minutes Make sure you shout out the band and the venue in your story of course And get those sent over to audiencepleasepodcast at gmail.com as soon as you can And as added extra incentive, we'll be giving away an Audience Please t-shirt and a mystery vinyl for the best story. So yeah, get those in and thanks to those people that have already sent their stories in, they've been fantastic so far. So back to the episode. After having In Technicolour on the last episode, um, we covered a bit around uh, Brighton-based label Small Pond. So we welcomed on this episode, one of the bands off that roster, bitch falcon and it was really lovely to chat to nigel and lizzie um yeah bitch falcon have built such a great reputation recently and they've just uh, released their new album which is superb and everyone should go and listen to that um yeah and we talked a bit around um dublin and the music scene there um it was very interesting for someone who's never been to ireland but we also talked a bit around some of their jaunts around Europe and shows as far as North America and how how those came about so really, really great chat um It was really funny uh we talked a bit about uh, off stage antics as well as on stage performances, so they did have me in stitches at some point, so I hope you enjoy those stories as much uh, as I did when we were recording this episode so anyway thanks for listening in Uh, please do go like and subscribe on all the platforms if you've not already and I will catch you next time bye (laughs) <laughs> so, um, yeah, thanks for joining. Um, just for the listeners, got Lizzie and Nigel from the amazing Bitch Falcon on with me. Um, hello, rock stars, as the In Technicolor boys uh, <laughs> told me to say to you, um, which I was just talking... Yeah. To- that was
1: definitely Vlad, I think. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. me and Lizzie his, were just talking his, about his that. phrase. Yeah, and I got... T-
2: he's, I got- trying to, he's trying to make it work, but... Well, look, he'll keep trying. He'll keep trying. Let him, let
1: them, let him at it. Yeah. Let- <laughs> These aren't sunglasses. These are just regular glasses. I'm not yeah. walking around like Bono or anything, like, yeah. you
2: know. But you do have the hat, <laughs> the edge hat.
1: Yeah, you do. I do. Yeah. But yeah. that's because I'm bald, bo- I'm bald from here back. There's <laughs> nothing. If you can see, that's all that there is. And then if I lift it a bit, it's gone.
2: That's just from your monk career. <laughs>
1: yeah well yeah. i was um, in the ministry for 12 years in silence so. oh okay
0: so it's um yeah. is that is that business in front party at the back i'm not sure that is i don't know what that is
2: <laughs> it's a uh, business Does, in front uh, prayers there's only the back.
1: M- mis- m- misery in the back there's no party at all it, this this is the best i have and back there it's just a fucking mess uh, nothing
0: yeah i'm i'm in di- <laughs> I, i'm in dire need of a a, a lockdown haircut i even go in, like four weeks without a barbers i my hair's looking like Oh Absolute man. shite
1: I did I did three Months Without a haircut It was horrible uh, Girlfriend wouldn't talk to me For the last six weeks I think <laughs> Just because it was so bad And now I think How long are we back in Like Shut lockdown again Lizzie Is it Six weeks Yeah It's all fucked up again now
0: Yeah so um, that's a good place to start. I know, obviously, Lizzie, you work as a, a nurse, so um, all the credit and respect to you right now. Um, but I don't, I don't, don't want to dwell. <laughs> don't don't, don't want to dwell too much ah, on, the, yeah. on, on on the grim times. Um, but is there a, 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 anything um, music or non music that's been keeping you guys going uh, through these times? Uh, Lady Gaga that's...
2: Chromatica is probably the One of the best pop albums Ever made I think So that got me through Lockdown number one And a bit of number two So I don't know Nothing got me through Lockdown two Over I got back into Playstation So just plain playing. I just been a gamer girl Nice So Thanks to Lady Gaga And red dead redemption and trying to make my cowboy as sexy as possible i just groom him i just groom him and make him pat dogs and like get him really nice clothes i'm just like oh he's so hot like... yeah
0: um i think i i think when i played red dead that's all i did i didn't even buy the second one because i was like it's just going to be a waste of time it's just going to be me just riding a horse around and trying to tempt wolves and trying out of the to bush. look as
2: sexy as possible yeah
0: yeah, yeah uh Nigel don't what even about call you?
1: It re- <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: sorry Nigel, what about you? uh what have you been listening to or doing during lockdown
1: uh actually um an awful lot of prints I was in like real bad form um after a while you know like when the when the uh just the buzz kind of wears off like and you're just like I'm really fucking sick of just being inside all the time and uh, not being able to do anything And then I just started listening to Prince And then it was a fucking Party every day It was class And then like I got really into it then And like it wasn't just in the house So like the only time I could go outside Was to go to the shop And like I'd be on the bike AirPods <laughs> in Fucking 1999 on And I'd be Down in the traffic On the way In the bike Just like hey! <laughs> fucking loving it. It was great. Like uh, Prince yeah. got me through some fucking dark days during the lockdown. First lockdown. That for is, sure. That is amazing. <laughs> that is
0: amazing. Yeah, um, I loved it. When when uh when live shows start again, I think um we sh- you should crack out some Prince outfits. Maybe maybe some uh maybe some purple of some some kind. Uh, yeah, Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah frills. Sure. Nigel I'm will not- suit
2: the frills.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Another thing that hasn't really come up I don't know how it hasn't But Lizzie uh, is fucking really good at making clothes uh, One of my favourite things that she wears uh, Still is a jacket that she made That's fucking really cool Nice So Lizzie could just make my Prince wardrobe for me Yeah Maybe I, I yeah, maybe
0: I, yeah or or maybe the next next round of promotional shots um you should request some (laughs) sort of like
2: let's just go all out (laughs) if you put that out there
0: if you put that out there it's probably gonna happen happen you know get some
2: babes around us be amazing
0: (laughs) yeah exactly um so before we talk about your brilliant new album um which i've been rinsing again today and yeah it's fantastic um you're the first irish band that we've had on the podcast so i wanted to talk a bit around um just the music scene in dublin and ireland um i was supposed to be out there unfortunately for sunstroke this year which unfortunately got cancelled yeah Yeah. mm, um which would have been amazing um yeah but yeah um what what is the Irish scene like? You you've had like great bands like Girl Band, Elenk Pillow Queens come out of there recently, and obviously you've got Curb Dog and Therapy from the past. Um, so yeah, what what's it like out there? What's the venues like? How do you cut your teeth in that scene?
2: Well, like as as a lot of cities, I was only talking to my friend about it. Like, there's been so many cities that I've visited over the last three years, and anyone who's into music that you chat to there, they're like, oh, you're here at the last few years before everything's been bought up by, you know, hoteliers and things like that. So the Irish music scene in terms of physical venues is changing a lot. A lot of places are getting shut down and it's a bit scary, you know, going forward, but I'm sure there'll be cool new things opening again. Um, I think there's a big DIY spirit in Ireland and um, even in the kind of midline Success. It still feels like it's DIY. It doesn't feel that like high, you know, production. Like the, the 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 quality is good, but it it just doesn't feel like it does. Maybe when you go abroad and you play, and then there's a lot of great encouragement and overlap with um, you know, with rock and pop and folk. Folk is so so big in Ireland at the moment. With like Lancome and. Um, so it's really interesting to get a huge crossover of loads of different genres that are very enthusiastic and promoting each other, which is really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Nigel, was there anything you wanted to add to that about like cutting your teeth in those in those venues?
1: Um, I, th- I think I uh, think in Dublin in particular, maybe not in in other parts of the country. Uh, and the reason maybe for that is that in the past a lot of people moved to Dublin from uh, other areas of Ireland to to play music and base themselves there um, there's almost or there was music saturation like live saturation like any night of the week um, you know for such a small city like Dublin is nothing like London or Manchester or Liverpool in terms of size like it's, it's way smaller um, there was just no shortage of Live original music um, starting at, you know, seven in the evening, uh, right up until one or two upstairs in Whelan's, where they used to run some late night gigs, which is really unusual over here. Um, So there was music saturation, so like there was always kind of a stage for you as long as you could. You know do the basics uh, a bit so um i think we probably definitely benefited from that and that there was some live music sessions just the sunday roast in the mercantile and uh play- things like that that you know they were actively like always trying to find new music because every night of the week there was new music um kind of doesn't make any sense when you look at the population but um, that was really useful to us because there was no shortage of opportunities. And then really quickly, you know, it just kind of, by word of mouth, with no music out or anything like that, uh, and by the power of the internet, <laughs> um, you know, there was people just showing up to the gigs and then all of a sudden promoters were booking us for different reasons. You know, they they wanted an act that maybe could bring some people in uh, rather than fill a stage or fill a slot. so um hopefully that stays you know after all of this you'd really worry you know you can see it in the UK there's lots of fundraisers and online festivals to raise money for the crews and the venues over there to keep that infrastructure going uh, when everything opens back up again and and you'd really hope that that's the same here because as Lizzie was intimating earlier on about other places maybe like um Montreal and other places that we went recently where people were like that really cool venue that's been here for 25 years is all of a sudden shutting down it's going to be fucking first class apartments and the same thing is kind of happening here only last week there was a big story about a an underground nightclub called Reroll okay and uh, an institution for writers and musicians called the Library Bar which is a hotel bar in the Exchequer the uh The Central Hotel in Exchequer Street in Dublin um, that is being reduced in size oh, wow. and the dice bar on the north side being closed down these are all institutions that may not necessarily um, be live music venues but they were places that are, uh, local artists frequented and you can start to see that maybe this is is going to be a cancer that uh, is going to take a long time to to attack and recover from I think
0: yeah Um. Yeah, so I was going to actually that's a really good point to touch on like Obviously, we've got like, the Music Venue Trust stuff happening over here, um, which is definitely propping up a lot of venues. Is there, uh, you were saying about a couple of venues closing or downsizing. Is there is there much support for those venues right now, or is it very much just doing what you can?
2: There's a little bit of support from the well, government
1: those... there. Yeah, I mean, like those ones that are closing are closing, I think because Dublin has this thing right now where it seems to think that we don't have enough hotels and that we need way more hotels. Even the ones that are, aren't being finished yet aren't enough, we need more hotels. When we actually just need some fucking houses. Um, There's a renting crisis here, which is just bananas. Like, the money that we have to pay in rent is insane. Um, potentially more than London, I think, in the city centre. But um, those venues are closing down to make way for hotel rooms, which is crazy um but there have been supports for venues and all businesses in ireland so um all the employees that would almost definitely have been let go are receiving a kind of a no questions asked social welfare payment um and lots of businesses are getting rate reductions rate relief debt warehousing um lots of really positive things actually but it's probably still not enough
0: yeah yeah fortunately yeah for sure uh, I think I think that's the same thing all over though isn't it um that's the same with the music venue trust you after these initial payments you still see venues struggle a little bit which is which is a real shame but um any, anyway I, I hope those venues that you you guys have uh played it like it was interesting actually that's what I wanted to mention was watching some older videos of you and like you were saying about you guys cutting your teeth like it seems that uh, even though you were quite a small band you had like massive turnouts p- packed venues quite receptive audiences and i think that's the interesting thing about what i've heard about dublin compared to london because it's so more spread out um dublin is so much more concentrated do you do you guys feel that with your audiences absolutely
2: and even just going you know playing in london obviously you know you wouldn't expect to be filling out venues over there but like yeah. In terms of Dublin Yeah You you can see that growth Pretty quickly And Just as a, a Music listener And goer Gig goer Like If you're going If you're in London You know It's a big sh- You can't get a cab over Because it's going to cost you so much shipping. Yeah like, You can try and make A couple of connections With the tube and, and maybe it'll work But like in Dublin Like Yeah It's a 10 minute walk It's it's grand. Mm. Like you'll you'll to anywhere anywhere, like any of the venues, like maybe fifteen minute walk, but not not much. Like you'll you'll if you wanted to see a couple of bands and there will be nights in Dublin, there has been nights very regularly that there'll be multiple people that you want to get to and you will get to it. So it's Yeah. And that's maybe what was nice and like you know, the conference the Irish Music Week is called now It was Hark Working Class Heroes And so It's kind of like You know A version of All the conferences And stuff And so it was nice f- That You know It's spread around the city But like You could make Loads of bands You know In one night You, don't, yeah, yeah. you know It's not um, And they're all venues That are Actual venues Rather than Makeshift venues You know but, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was. Yeah, I suppose it's really easy to like, uh, even on like a normal night, just venue hop and yeah, bar hop. absolutely. Whilst, whilst whilst in London, like you say, bands of sort of a similar size, if they're playing across town, you won't be able to see them. You're you're yeah. staying at that, that yeah. one venue. Yeah, for the night. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um but yeah you mentioned um Canada and I saw you guys went out to LA a while ago. How the hell did that how the hell did that come about because that's an amazing achievement. Yeah,
2: it was um it was the same kind of music agency company that run the Music Irish Music Week. They would do a good bit of work with kind of connecting with different conferences like with Canadian Music Week pop montreal set South by west, and they set up their own one irish music week in la to coincide with you know the the irish arts council so they were able to secure a bit of funding and getting some irish bands over and so yeah. yeah it was just a kind of initiative from the that agency that that got some irish arts artists over there which is great you know because we could kind of bypass the the visa fee because it's to go to america yeah, so like yeah. uh, it's you know you're not getting paid you're just going over to play so it's a great experience to go over have a bit of fun yeah, you that, know that's amazing <laughs> nearly die in venice yeah. beach <laughs> you nearly nearly died in well, venice beach. Died, didn't he <laughs> What you know, happened? he, lived home and he got a lift home And he crashed the car <laughs> Yeah Oh shit <laughs> Yeah
0: no, no, Sorry no, Just for the listeners Nigel had a very Blank look on his face And just had a moment <laughs> Of realisation
2: <says>, <laughs> Well like see We went We went out there And um, the-, the guys that work with us Are Great fun on and out. I don't know how I'm not going to go into Big detail into here But it um, is it, yeah. They're great fun who, who work with us You know uh, And help us out And so uh, But you know We were there, we decided every time we've gone away on a a conference, we've always kind of taken it as a holiday because, you know, I wouldn't be able to afford to just go out there. So I might as well go out a few days before. So we went, yeah, Yeah. so we went out, you know, for a couple of maybe a week before. And then, you know, it was the last night before the gig was on the last day. And um,
1: just really bad planning, really. (laughs) Like, it would, we were always going yeah, to go I for it, so, Yeah, I guess so, yeah, yeah.
2: But uh, anyway, <laughs> it was, yeah, the night before the gig, and I am a very loud drunk, so I lose my voice, and I'm, you know, I'm hopping off the fags, I'm, like, down in drinks, so I'm just too... I can't trust myself to take it easy. So uh, Nigel was like, I'm going home, and I was like, I'll just have to come home with you, and then... We didn't know what happened, Barry, it was the next day and then he, he said that he fell asleep on a bench and a lad offered him a lift home and he crashed the car. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah well, I don't think it was a bad crash, but um, he was all right. He lived to tell the tale, you know, but uh,
1: yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it was um, several different crashes <laughs> no, yeah. before he got home. Cause he didn't, he didn't realize that the guy pissed. who was driving him home was as yeah. drunk as he was. Oh my god! And like, that's like a, that's an acceptable thing in America yeah. Yeah, is, it is to like yeah. get langers <laughs> and then get in a car and drive home. And uh, Barry didn't know that when he took the lift, and oh. he was just kind of like, <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh. laughs> and I was. I was asleep in the sitting room when he came in, and there was this guy that wanted to use the bathroom. And he was like, "Man, can I use your bathroom? I gotta go." And then I was like, "Who oh, <laughs> is this guy?" And, and he, uh, and he's just pissing blood from uh, from an accident, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, bits of
0: bits of glass just like it. wedged into his face. But oh my god! Yeah. That, well, that's Pretty that's bad. a tall story. Um, Nigel, didn't you meet uh, Abe Cunningham as well from Deftones at some point?
1: I d- I did yes. yeah. That was uh, that was crazy because like, uh, De- uh, Deftones was like Deftones did they just never came to Ireland? Like there was some kind of an incident I think maybe in Northern Ireland. Yeah. Um. That there was maybe some legal issues surrounding, and uh, they hadn't been in Ireland in ages. And I was just like, it's just going to be one of those bands that I never see. Meshuggah was another one. Yeah. And then all of a sudden. Deftones booked Two Nights in Vicar Street, which is, like, I think, our favourite venue in Ireland, for Uh, sure. But See, I I thought this was in
0: America, but this this makes more sense that it was in Vicar Street, not in America. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And then Meshuggah, within weeks, uh, because I think it was um, an Irish promoter called Dublin Metal Events, booked these two bands that I thought I would never see uh, within weeks of each other. And as it happens... Um, I do artist relations For a brand that Abe uh, Endorses So um, I'd set up this kind of Like rig rundown thing With him before the gig Which was amazing Never thought it would happen And I One of the guys that Works with us uh, He came in And he was so sick Like I'd never seen him this sick And he was like Okay man I'm gonna go and do the Interview with Abe And I was like That's a touring drummer man You can't Yeah 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 can't go near him Like you know So I had to step in At the last minute Which like uh, Was great But also terrifying Because I had no prep Because the whole thing Was that he, this other guy Was going to do it So I had to go And do a rig rundown With uh, like a fucking Hero of mine On no prep Completely unexpected And try not To fuck it up And look like a complete Douche At the same time And I did an okay job It's on YouTube there Yeah Um yeah, I, but, I, you know, I
0: still look. I watched it just before because uh, I, I stumbled across it, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And you, you, yeah, you did a good job, mate.
1: <laughs> it was all right. Like, I mean, he's such. He's like a. He's a really funny fucker. Like, he's uh, he's kind of dry yeah. in his humour and uh maybe a bit surreal as well but like he could have been nicer um he like met your sure i all the time that i needed like and the the tech for him who actually owns a part owner of q drums in uh, america who is that brand that elan rubin from nylon Chanel's? he's a part of that company as well he's abe's tech and like he was trying to get us off the stage so he could do his job and he was like no let them keep going until they're finished. Oh, wow, he was so so nice. Um, I went to both nights. That so from going to like n- thinking you'd never see Deftones ever in your yeah, life yeah. to seeing them. Two nights in a row in your favorite venue in Ireland was fucking amazing. Jesus, oh. so good. <laughs> setlist in the first night, my god, the setlist was, was just. I was, I
0: was gonna say, oh. I was gonna say we're jumping to the end of the podcast already, but yeah, I mean, Deftones. Oh shit, I've, so. I've, you know that's all right, that's all right. But like, yeah, man, Deftones. Seen them. I've been lucky, obviously, seen them seven or eight times, and yeah, never, never, oh, wow. never a dull moment with uh, Deftones for sure. <laughs> Um yeah. so just before we do get onto the 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 last part of the uh podcast about the top gigs played and top gigs been to um obviously want to talk about your brand new album um staring at uh, staring at clocks and obviously um it sort of took bitch falcon a while to come to where you are now you've had uh, members come and go um and the three of you uh definitely got um varied. Um, musical tastes I know Barry's mentioned he's uh, got like black metal and grindcore past Um, Lizzie you've mentioned like Cocteau Twins before so how was it um, after being together for a few years but as a trio coming together now how was it like piecing and writing uh, this album as as a whole because you didn't play a lot of the songs live before did you 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 sort of saved this album uh, for now essentially didn't you
2: yeah, we tested out a couple of songs, you know, on our last tour with um, was it Black Peaks the last time? No, oh, was that that one with um mm. Hagger
1: Cat? Yeah, I think so. Well, that was the last. That was the last. That was the last tour for sure. It was the Hagger
2: Cat one. Oh no, maybe it was and um, yeah. So, but yeah, we tried out some bits. Um, but yeah, really, like we felt, you know, we were at the right point a time and we were really just enjoying the stuff that we were writing and it came together really quickly. And, you know, when we were writing, I think it was the first time that we didn't really like set out to be anything. We were just expressing ourselves through our instruments and a lot of the songs would just occur and we really liked them instantly. So I think at that point we were like, okay, it's been enough time now, let's get down and do the album. And so, Yeah, I'm really glad that we did that because who knows what position we'd be in. I don't know if we'd ever be able to get to an album if we didn't do it that time. Because, you know, there's so many things, so many things get in the way with with writing music, especially when you want to get a proper, solid piece of work done. It's easy to write a couple of songs here and there, but, you know, when everyone's doing it as well as working a full-time job, it can just take so long to get things off the off the ground. But yeah, in terms of musical influences, I think it worked to our advantage because we weren't um, discriminative of, of our influences. We kind of liked them meshing and melding and turning into the sound. And I think that's what excited us in our writing. That was like, oh, it's not really... It's not completely new but has elements of loads of different things that are meshed together that that sounds a little bit different
0: yeah yeah definitely yeah it's funny like talking to the in technicolor guys as well around their sort of writing process and they were very much the same they were like as long as it as long it sounds good and we like it then we're we're not gonna necessarily go in one direction or the other um but yeah um yeah you recorded it really quickly as well didn't you you, you wrote and recorded it in like 10
2: days Well ri- we were ri- we were no, we written like it about 6 months before yeah. and demoed it and yeah. kind of you know had ideas for production and then but we recorded it quick because we wanted to get a bit of a live kind of feel for, uh, so we didn't really record to a click at all of them and we just set up live all together oh, nice. and we were going to do it. It was with uh, Rain Trench and Robert Watson. They're called um, Deaf Brothers in Wicklow in Ireland, and they uh, okay. they were like, oh, they initially suggested that we should do a song a day, but while we were set up, we kind of nailed it in a take or two because I think we were fairly meticulous with our practicing for a long time i think we practiced a lot so i think it was it was just easy to kind of nail the basis of the tracks very quickly and then we were able to layer and layer and have loads of fun with you know experimenting sounds after it
0: yeah yeah nice um yeah when you go out and play because obviously it's very very layered the album is there any thoughts about expanding the lineup or um are you still going to try and achieve it as a as a three-piece live do you know
2: well, in terms of live I think I think it's nice to sound a little bit different live you know that it's not completely exactly like the album. I prefer seeing a band that has maybe a bit more yeah. raw sound live, so I think you know depending on the venue size, you know maybe it'll get people in and out to play with us um but for the smaller gigs, I think it's better to be kind of rough and ready and then you know we did a lot of um live sessions for radios like we were on um Radio X and um, BBC, Northern Ireland and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, that was three of us. And that sounded, I think a lot of people were like, oh, is that the live track? They didn't really like get a, I have a lot of pedals to my advantage. And so <laughs> yeah. it just has a full sound that doesn't sound as polished maybe. So I think that's that's good enough for live, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've listened to those today as well. And yeah, great, yeah, sounding great live um so moving on to live music um let's dive into the my favorite bit of the podcast your top gigs played and your top gigs been to so i don't know how you guys want to do this between the the two of you but um what's some of the top gigs you guys have uh played in bitch falcon or uh, or other bands as well
1: i would say Uh, There's a festival here called Body and Soul So to be A major enough festival I think it's like 25,000 or something something like that Maybe 30 or something like that Um, And uh, That was our first time playing Like this huge stage um, With like Amazing LED Display panels With mapping And like um, we got the full treatment with the backstage and whatever. It was the first time. I think it was like 2017 or something like that. And uh, it was pretty cool. And then we went out and played. Played a really good gig. The tent we were in was maybe like eight to 10,000. And by the time we finished, it was almost full. Oh, wow. Um, and that, that was kind of like a really... Oh shit. <laughs> you can actually do this. And you don't always have to play in a shed or a shit dive bar or some, you know, like it was it was kind of it met it all a little bit real, you know. And uh that was a that was uh one of my top ones for sure.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Um yeah.
1: Go I on, I
2: yeah, that's my top one definitely. But I I have some top like bad gigs cuz sometimes, you know, when a gig goes horribly wrong, Go it can just be hilarious we were playing this one gig in um holland yeah and um it was this uh welcome to the village festival and uh, they're, v- they're quite strict with their um noise levels so we were told it was kind of yeah. hard you know with a language barrier even though they usually had good english you know <laughs> the um, excellent english but um they were just kind of like nobody do really know what was happening because we set up for the gig and it was a massive tent it was probably like ten to fifteen thousand it was huge like it was like why are we on this like wow. this is like our first time, <laughs> playing in holland other than eurosonic so or netherlands and um so we were we were like oh my god what's going on okay sure look, we'll do it we set up and then we didn't really know what was happening we we could we had a very quick line check but it, it it didn't really it was very quick yeah. and they were like you're making too much noise and we're like okay <laughs> I don't know what's happening like and uh, I think there was a watershed so you could only have it after a certain time that they could start music but like before they were like playing loads of Dramariquai like really loudly and testing the levels with like Dramariquai and we were like what's going on and the guy was like yeah yeah there's some like funky music playing and then I'm going to introduce you and and then you can go on and we're like Okay. <laughs> and okay. <laughs> uh, Anyway, this guy like speaking in like Dutch just like bitch falcon amazing and then like the place was full. Like we couldn't believe it. It was absolutely jammed and everyone was screaming. We were just like what like how is this happening? Anyway, got on. <laughs> My guitar wouldn't work. So I was like fuck, right?
1: Oh no. My kick drum came off the riser. Yeah, it came off twice. Off, like but like off anyway, the right? Riser. Like,
2: my, my guitar Gone. wouldn't work. I kept doing it. It was something wrong with my pedals, a pair of power thing. And it took me probably five to ten minutes to fix. Which you know, when you're on stage and up a couple of thousand, go off, and over ten thousand people are waiting yeah, for you. It's yeah. like, oh fuck! Like I was drenched in sweat then she got fixed it and I was like yeah and I put my head up and I hit my head off the microphone (laughs) then everyone started laughing at me and I was like oh my god like this oh my god (laughs) then we start playing and I was just like you know trying to have this character of being like this cool rock star I was like oh my god it's gone like it's gone (laughs) it's gone anyway we started getting people into it we're like okay then the tent emptied and then the power cut off, oh, no. so half the people were gone. Even more, and then then when the power cut off, and they're like, "Yeah, you've been shut off. You're too loud." And we're like, "What?"
1: <laughs> yeah, so like it was. I think because we had a sustained dB level that was over the threshold, it. Tripped yeah. all of the power. No, oh, they had like a system like that, mm-hmm. and then all of, of a sudden it was just like they had a
2: system in place that if so, if in if Fucking the out. surrounding yeah. residential areas, they had an app that they could notify their local council person saying that it's too oh, loud for too long, okay. and then it just that that just flipped a trip like the trip switch, and so it just like turned it That's... off, and it was just like yeah, yeah, we'll have to just try and get power back again. Sorry, you broke it. I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah.
1: Fucking go. hell Could Just,
2: and just go had off? to Had to walk off stage Was it? it was just like I think this is like oh, okay. Two songs oh, in Like this is just two it. songs It was just like it just, What is going on
1: Yeah
2: it Was a bit long I was ago. a bit more oh, Did you Did you Did you
1: yeah.
0: Did you still get paid yeah, Or yeah. were they like Get oh, out of no, our festival like, like, you, you No they were master. lovely
2: <laughs> They were like Really sorry oh, they about <laughs> And they gave us like Free gin And then we wrestled On a On on a beanie Bean bags For the rest of the night
1: Oh lovely The the crew were lovely They were like This was the best music That we had all weekend It fucking shocks That you can't fucking listen to it man it's yeah, just it's in gear. Gear. Uh, You can smoke in the back And it was like They were so sound It was yeah. just fucking noise levels Nothing they could do about it
0: Who, who else was playing on the, on the bell Do you remember? Uh, I
2: remember no, there weren't. No. no, it were wasn't. There it was, like it? I think... random people. I think there was like, I know Torres was like one person that I recognized, but I didn't recognize anyone else. It was fairly yeah. small. Like,
0: Oh God. Yeah, yeah. Just some random festival in the arse end of nowhere. It was great,
2: and then we got wow. this cool driver. Love. Love you <laughs> know, they, they had this driver bringing us back to the airport because we stayed in Skibol, <sighs> and we we were absolutely locked. And their driver was the best crack, and so we were just drinking like mad. And had this really long drive back, and he All was the just way. the best. We are just like, oh, cab. we stop off for a bit?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, cool." We just had a we just had a great time, like yeah. It was, <laughs> so like yeah, even though it was like the worst gig in my life, it was also kind of the best fun as well.
1: Oh my god, yeah, yeah that's. I'm pretty sure that Lizzie broke one of my ribs in that. Oh yeah, as we well. had a. Like, because uh, we went wrestling and we got fucking really drunk mm. and there was just so was like a big mattress outside yeah. for some reason or like a wrestling yeah. mat and then like Lizzie knows jujitsu and when I get a few pints of me I think I can take her which <laughs> like, is fucking <laughs> you stupid because I can't I can't she knows yeah, jujitsu and she's like come on come on come on I <laughs> like
0: I can I can see
1: why you got uh, like, uh, yeah over shoulder.
0: I can see why you so why you guys get on with the intechnicolor boys because uh, uh, what we talked about before we started was just how um, like Vlad's just like broken his leg <laughs> or something recently, and how they're just uh, they're just like a nightmare
1: um yeah uh, yeah I could... he broke his leg and then he broke his toe after he broke his leg yeah. on the on, way to the jacks on, it, on his
0: other foot so he's like yeah. he was like i'm basically <laughs> totally crippled now so
1: go crack. yeah um
0: yeah i was i was i was saying i'd like if i ever if i ever did merch for them well i wouldn't ever <laughs> do merch for them like i'd just be like no no it's never gonna happen um so uh yeah what um other than other uh, lizzie any other horror stories then i feel like you're on a it's roll well with, with the old uh...
2: oh well it's one of nigel's favorites
1: uh... it's been so <laughs> there, many
2: i just yeah so, well the, a good one so we said many. it before but um it was in scotland and we were supporting it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is just my This is purely my own fault Like we were oh, supporting this man. band That we didn't really know You know we only heard them But they were quite you know big And maybe the kind of emo Kind of side of things And uh, so when we got booked for the gig you know, you know they have a big following So we were like I can see why You know management and stuff Want us to be booked for it But we're not a good fit but anyway, they were like persevered yeah. and were like, okay, we'll do it. But this is, just remember that it d- this doesn't work. We told you that this is not going to we work. Said but we're going <laughs> to do it just <laughs> as our as our last thing. Anyway, benefit of the doubt. We went ahead and did it. You know, the front crowd was just all kids death staring at us like, Just being like, who the fuck are you? And why are you ruining my gig you know my childhood superstars and we we're just like oh my god this is awful and like I can do a lot of I think I do it by accident I don't try and do it but I do a bit of um, accent mimicking so I think it's just to try and fit in a bit so I started like saying things in like a Scottish accent through the microphone to try and just like rile up the crowd <laughs> And I was just like, okay, look, we're an opener band. We're just trying to warm up the crowd. Let's just get into the entertaining spirit. And so I was just like, are you ready for the band? I couldn't remember the name of the band. and (laughs) like Barry was just completely like, couldn't (laughs) breathe. He was just like roaring his eyes out laughing at me. And Nigel like probably stopped playing at some point because it was just like, oh, it was like. Oh, I was like, you know, like Les Cunt. Dennis up on stage, just like this absolute, like, complete <laughs> idiot, just like, yeah, come on, it's like mom bringing you to the concert, it's like, yeah, you're ready for the band, come on, it's oh great. My God. <laughs> it
1: was, it was so bad because I think like Lizzie was just like getting it going for the next song, and I was like. Maybe just setting the tempo And the that's Like just counting it in yeah. And she's And I was like What the For fuck them. And then she goes For the band And then I was like She doesn't know fucking know The name of the band And I could hear Barry Like I had in-ear monitors in So like I only get Like a little bit of Atmospherics going on yeah. Yeah. I could hear him Howling Like and and the clunking <laughs> off the pickups on his bass because he was like hitting oh, it because it was, it everyone, was you know,
2: All the children just uh, like too
1: much. It was too much.
2: Like they were just they were like what the fuck? Hated it. And hated the it fact is, you know, they the the band that we were touring with have like all modeling amps, so they don't have any music coming yeah. out the front, so they're not used to having you know. Being up at the front at a gig is not nice really. Like you want to be back a bit because you know our amps were blasting yeah, yeah. loud. But they had all like modelling stuff that was going through a PA and stuff so you know over them. It wasn't blasting so they were just over like them. Oh, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's just noise. They're just screaming. <laughs> what are they screaming and they don't for? Like it. <laughs> yeah, so,
0: You've, you've got, you've got a hope that you've got, you've got a hope that there's one Scottish child maybe. that walked away from that when so. I really liked them, or well, at least we, found the crew you funny. in the
1: venue was yeah. the best crack. And do you know what? Oh, yeah. Her yeah. accent was really <laughs> good. I just
2: noticed had a Scottish singer in Bitch Falcon. That's yeah. what the was we thinking. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> Are you ready for the band? Are you ready? <laughs> maybe we should, maybe we should do that as like an intro oh, for us now. just play that.
0: Yeah yeah. Um, yeah. That is I was just about to say that's gonna be the preview clip for the for the podcast <laughs> episode I've decided <laughs> So um any other any other favourite gigs played before we move on to the uh, favourite gigs that you've been to as fans
1: off the top of your heads uh there was the one of the last ones that we played was uh, there's a festival in uh, Dingle County Kerry, which is very south in Ireland. Beautiful place. It's near where all well, uh, the Americans the go. F- fucking Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fucking yeah, yeah! Mark Hamill was on the thing, so that's near there. Um, and uh, so other voices. It's been going on for like fucking 15 years or something and like loads of cool people come and some really cool people play in a church that holds like 40 people and then everyone else plays in these tiny pubs and uh, people who play like headline shows yeah. at festivals in Ireland Class. go and they play these it's tiny the best pubs festival, 150 yeah. people or whatever oh, Nice. so we did that last year we did it like the uh, last year maybe t- Yeah last year Fucking end of last year anyway We played this tiny place Like 60 people And uh For some reason it I just had the most fun Playing that gig With only 60 people there Everything <laughs> sounded class I was really close to Barney and Lizzie Like we were all on top of each other and That was really cool And for some reason Everything just worked for me Behind the kit Which never happens <laughs> And uh it was just fucking loads of fun really enjoyed it nice loved it
0: nice what was, what was the festival called again
1: Other Voices Other
0: Voices oh I'll, I'll check that out for sure yeah,
2: it's great oh they're doing a live stream next weekend next weekend you should, I think you can watch it online it's really it's really good it's yeah it's, it's worth worth to watch great Irish acts know. nice
1: there's a documentary about Amy Winehouse yeah. when she did yeah. other voices. Oh, wow. She was kind of like, kind of nearly at the peak of her career before she she died, uh, and she came to Dingle and she played she loved other Dingle's voices. Though, didn't she was she mad and she about loved it, it yeah. because yeah, it was like the first time where she was maybe treated normal uh, <laughs> yeah. For yeah. for a while, for the first yeah. time in years. But like yeah. loads of people do. It. Mark Lan- Mark Lanigan is doing it this year, and like the oh, National yeah. do it. And oh like, wow, yeah. it's yeah. a like, really. Cool
2: mm, Yeah they get cool Like low And stuff like that
0: it's
2: nice. a really cool act.
0: Like yeah Nice so we'll definitely check that out and, Yeah. Not this yeah, year low did
2: it Low did year. it Same year we did one it One year
1: we did it Yeah And like we they were gonna we come going to our gig yeah. that They were like Yeah they were dying to get down to it But they couldn't get in Oh fuck yeah. Uh, yeah So they they legged, they legged it from their gig To watch us um, and then they couldn't get in. They had shut the doors to the bar because it there was like three hundred people in a two hundred cap room, um, yeah. and they just couldn't get in. Um, and it's just
2: yeah, it's just the really nicest vibe. Sound like... to
1: us on Twitter ever since yeah. for some reason. Yeah, they
2: cool.
0: Oh, that's that's wicked. I'll definitely check that out. So you say it's an, actually probably be just after this podcast so i'll i'll, I'll give it a little uh, shout out on the socials as well so um yeah uh, finish up uh, the the podcast um top gigs you've been to as fans obviously nigel you've already mentioned the amazing deftones um but yeah <laughs> nigel's doing a little dance everyone um oh, yeah. but yeah, yeah. And, um lizzie love that dance. yeah lizzie uh, what are some of the favorite gigs you've been to and the venues that you've seen them in
2: um one of the best gigs One of my favourite gigs to I went was Beach House In Vicar Street Because it just allowed me To cry the whole way through I'm a big fan of crying at gigs <laughs> I'm not looking for sympathy Nothing like that I just kind of want to Pour out that emotion You know uh, Girl band as well At Vicar Street That was one of the best And Lancome as well At Vicar Street It's definitely My favourite venue <laughs> um, Lancome are kind of A folk band in Ireland that I don't know if you heard of them They're kind of Big enough Around the world are pretty cool um, Yeah I think A lot of those Kind of style gigs That are more emotional And then Except for Goat Which is I guess is emotional But in a more Aggressive way uh, Yeah Fuck Buttons At um, Body and Soul Is one of my Favourite gigs as well Because The Body and Soul Festival in Ireland Is, is great And um, Fuck Buttons Were so good Because You know their sound is so condensed and so heavy, but it was open air on mm. the main stage of Seoul, and it was at the perfect time of night, and it was just like, it just blew you away, and, like, the air field, all the frequencies could just have so much room to play with that it just sounded absolutely gorgeous.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'd love to, I haven't seen them in years, actually, but, um, yeah, t- talking yeah. about uh, Vicar Street, um. Yeah, I've heard again. I've heard amazing things about victory Street. It seems like uh, ma- a magi- it, magical it's it's venue.
2: Like, yeah, yeah. It's like it, see, it's wider than it is longer, so I think it's. I don't know, it just fits. I know. I know they're it's, kind of upgrading it now. I hope they don't ruin it. But um, it's great. It's.
1: It's like you're in a you're you're in a sitting room with uh, fifteen hundred people. It's. Classic. Ridiculous Like it's You always so have a good intimate. view You
2: always It's always generally good sound It's just Because the Olympia In Ireland is Is, is gorgeous as well But I find it Difficult with the sound Sometimes Because there's you know There's a Could be a roof over you Or sometimes you're out in the open It's kind of like a smaller Brixton Academy Okay Um. Yeah But um, no Vic Street is Is great
1: oh, And the fucking The stage in that place as well yeah. Like I don't think I've ever played On a stage that Feels the way that it does, like, and I think that probably bleeds into a performance of every band that plays there. Like, when you play that stage, whatever way they've got speaker placement or the material in the floor or something, there's just this frequency that's coming up into your bones as you're playing, and you're like, Oh, yeah, Yeah, (laughs) it's like, it's
2: lovely, it's very well loved, yeah,
1: yeah. And then the backstage of that place, it's it's like hundred and fifty-cap nightclub, so like wow. whenever the gig ends, yeah, it's, great fun. it's just this incredible party yeah, afterwards, fun. and everyone is there, and it's the best crack, mm-hmm. and the Guinness is fucking amazing, yeah. and the the crew or class, everyone that works there is so, so sound. Do you want to hang out with them it's, all night?
2: So like, it's great. Oh. Yeah. I think so. I think you
0: I think you've sold a trip to Dublin for me. Uh, oh, if there's if, there's if there's a gig, if there's a gig on, I'll come over and uh, party <laughs> with you guys Let's in hope Vicar Street. Let's next year
2: we'll play Vicar Street and you can come backstage. And we'll have a I have a Hundred, few g- pints of Guinness.
0: Hundred <laughs> percent, mate. Um, so uh, Nigel, uh, any other top gigs for you other than that Deftones one you mentioned earlier?
1: uh i i there's a one that's a big one for me and it was nineteen ninety seven nice. radiohead okay computer first date of the okay computer tour Ooh. uh and that was a big one for me just because i felt like at the time like there was nothing that I'd ever heard like it and i think That was just because I was really young at the time and I was like oh my god nothing sounds like this but you know later on you listen back to that album and you're like that was a change for OK Computer it was kind of like the launch pad for everything that would happen for Radiohead after that more than anything else and um, nothing did sound like it like there was things that were done in that album that had never been done before by Johnny Greenwood and um everyone that was involved with that and watching that and massive attacks played support oh my my god God. (laughs) that's that's Uh, i mean that's mental (laughs) yeah that was crazy and like um i remember as well with that it was maybe my first time being in a pit as well and i queued up for ages to get into it and i do not know how i got in because like i was tiny tinier than i am now even and uh I remember like loads of people all around me like getting down on their knees and on their sides and being like sick not like getting sick but like they were in obvious discomfort and uh I didn't understand why but later it was just whatever way the subs were positioned um or the frequency that was coming off it or the the volume that was at play at the time It was actually affecting people's stomachs. Wow. And I I think it's actually the closest I came to the brown note. That's a joke. (laughs) You know, like you you think that that's just a joke, but it's fucking real. Be careful
2: now. Be careful. uh, It's out there.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, so there was that. And then another one, I think, more recently was we played a festival called, uh, Lizzie, what's the thing down in Mosney called? Tribalgan yeah um, then,
2: sorry. it takes a village isn't
1: it it takes a village yeah. and uh, it was the first time we played it it's, it's a it's a music festival in the off season in Ireland that is in like uh, what's that thing you have in England where like all the families Butlins. go to this like butlands butlands. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like Irish, Irish, Irish buttons. Buttons, yes. and, uh But only one place In the off one season place. Yeah <laughs> All in one place And uh, they they put a music festival on In the off season Like a promoter just hires the whole thing yeah. And then like you buy a ticket And you get a cottage yeah. And all your mates can go there And whatever But uh, the first year that we played it Young Fathers oh. uh, Played it And they had just released Coco Sugar And uh, I so became good, obsessed yeah. with that band in a very short period of time, like, the album came out, Coca-Sugar, oh my god, this is fucking unbelievable, and then, we were playing, uh, that festival, and they were the headline act for it, and I was right up the front, at their feet, so the stage was at my chest, maybe, just, just at my chest level, and my hands were right where their feet were, and I was just watching them, and I was like, there's only a few lads on this stage, there's no fucking big drum kit, there's no guitars, there's no bass, and, these people are just changing my perception of what live music Mm. should be. And I remember being profoundly impacted by that performance and just being fucking blown away by it and being totally sober and just being engrossed in it. And uh, that was a big one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love those moments like that. Like you say, those bands that you see that change your perception about, live music I, like, a big one for me was like Soul Wax like I remember the first time I watched mm. Soul Wax <sighs> and it was like yeah, you don't yeah. need you don't need guitars well they do have some guitars obviously but it's like yeah, yeah. You, you don't necessarily need lots of guitars and lots of like distortion did you where did you see them um so the first time i saw them was i can't remember which reading it was but it was either 05 i think it was probably 05 and i saw soul Wax and then too many djs straight afterwards they literally cleared some of the, some of the soul Wax kit off and then just came back on as too many djs and i literally was stood there just like what the fuck's
1: going on like, <laughs> this is insane uh, They're one of favorite my all time favourite bands Like I think if you're going to be Like for me like there's rock bands Let's say there's Radiohead And the Soul Wax like, yeah. How to be a rock band but not be a rock band At the same time And like uh, Jesus much against everyone's advice yeah. Still like to, to this day I remember I remember I was in my bed I remember the first time that I fucking heard Soul Wax and there's a radio DJ here there was a radio DJ here she actually died this month 20 years ago uh, there's been a lot of talk about her in Ireland as people remember but she was kind of like the John Peel of Irish radio okay. uh, Ooneen Fitzsimons was her name and I remember like every night when her show would come on really late and I would stay awake before I went to school to listen to new music from her, and Soulwax was one of those bands, and I remember just going, "What the <laughs> fuck? What the fuck is this? Like, uh too many DJs. That song, yeah, uh, with that guitar intro, gow <laughs> gow. I'll never forget it. Yeah. That was the first Soulwax song I heard. I moved maybe like sixteen or something. Yeah, and uh, Jesus, what a fucking band! Life.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, we could go deep into Soulwax chat. I like. Um, did you see them? Oh, God, I am now. Um, did you see them on uh, the, the the From Dewey tour where they had the three drummers? So they had Igor um the drummer from Turbo oh. Wolf and oh, what was her name? I can't remember. And, uh, Emily, I think her name was. The three drummers. It's too much. Oh, my God. One of the best it's things I've much. ever seen.
1: Oh, God, I've never. I, I hope someday to see. I hope they do that again. Yeah. Uh, for a start, and I hope I will go anywhere to see it. I don't care how much it costs. I'm never gonna miss that. Yeah. Like, like, cause I've never seen them. It's fucking unbelievable. Oh, <laughs> Caballero, Jesus.
0: Sorry, sorry, Nigel. I just drove a dagger into yeah. your your poor heart. Um. So yeah. I think that's the a perfect place to finish, um, killing off Nigel's uh love for Soul Wax once again. Um. So thank you so much for both joining me tonight and coming on to the podcast um so just as we wrap up where can people pick up your great album from
2: uh you can go onto to our Bandcamp, and you can get it on vinyl or cd or you get a digital download and then if you want to stream you can all streaming sites you can get a lot of not
0: perfect thank you so much guys also oh, God, Nigel,
1: i'm going to say it Cause she, cause she never would. But uh, Lizzie has, uh, she's putting out some really cool music at the moment under a name Cool Girl, which is on Spotify and um, all of the digital things, and uh, people should check that out also because it's very, very entertaining.
0: Amazing. Well, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put some, Thank I'll you. put some links in the socials, guys. Thank you, Thank you so much, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'll catch you soon.
1: Thanks. Bye. Thanks, civilian.